Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to episode number 153 with Cutco Vector's Buckeye Division Manager, Jake Miser. Now 15 years into his career with the company, Jake has produced over $24 million in sales and is a member of the company's Hall of Fame. From his background playing competitive soccer and throughout his Vector career, Jake has been known as someone with a powerful internal drive to succeed, coupled with a strong work ethic. Through consistent effort and a winner's mindset, Jake has been able to achieve great success and has helped many others to do the same. In this short snippet, he shares some of his most important success factors, as well as some key concepts that he strives to teach his people. This is a rapid-fire series of short nuggets that you'll want to listen to more than once. In 2022, Jake has emerged from a challenging season as one of the top achievers in the company for the year. He has many great insights on how to think and act like a winner. Please help spread the philosophies and strategies of Cutco Vector by sharing this and other episodes of this podcast with people in your network. Podcast is available for free on just about all podcast players. All episodes, guest bios, and show notes can also be found at changinglivespodcast.com, and you can support our podcast sponsors by clicking on the link marked Deals on the podcast homepage. Enjoy this flashback segment with Jake Miser, and if you want to hear more, you can revisit our full conversation at episode number 153. You became a district manager when you graduated, and you moved pretty quickly from uh, DM to division manager, about three years or so. What do you feel like were some of the top factors in your success? A couple things I, I would say first off, consistency. You know, I was the manager and that was always towards the top, but rarely at the top, but never, never in the middle, never in the bottom. So I think just consistent performance week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. I, I had a colleague say to me once, you know, you're kind of like Tim Duncan. You know, we're talking sports and stuff like that. Nothing flashy, never, you know, in the limelight necessarily, but always, you know, always consistent. That was a big key to success, I would say, reflecting. Once I went through the first experience in management and gained that personal confidence in myself, then it became all about laying out the vision for myself and my people. And even though, you know, I may, I I still to this day wouldn't qualify myself as the, um, you know, galvanize the troops type of personality, the charismatic leader, if you will. But I I had a strong personal vision, which I think resonated with people. um, And more importantly, resonated with myself. 
I don't think you should ever be taking action without an intent for a longer term vision for a longer term future, because frankly, that doesn't sound very fun. And we all are here to enjoy, enjoy what we do. If you know that not only does it have meaning now, but it can have meaning in the future, you're going to get your best self out of whatever that is. It's so important for a leader to have that vision that you described of what is going to be built, why it's going to be exciting. And that's what rallies people to the cause. And it's what gets people to be really motivated and inspired. We're in a business that I feel like in many ways sort of it contradicts human nature. Human nature is to do what's easy, take the easy path. It's not to take on stuff that's difficult. And we're asking our reps to do stuff like, you know, making phone calls like you did that very first time and, and struggled with, right? And we're asking reps to do things that are in many cases uncomfortable to them. And in order for that to work, there has to be reasons. There has to be compelling reasons. And that, that, element of vision that you described is one of the key things that I think just makes everything work uh, in our business. Yeah. It's funny, as you say that, I'm looking at a sign in my office that says, when there is no vision, the people perish. It's a proverb. And I remember vividly sitting at the eye doctors at the age of 22 and seeing this same sign as you're, you know, obviously the, the eye doctor makes perfect sense and just it resonating and just carrying that has been important, important lesson for me over the years. The biggest thing that I learned over, over the first couple of years was really teaching people how to think about their challenges and think about their opportunities. It created a greater capacity for them, but it also allowed me to connect with them on a deeper level than me just telling them, hey, this is what I suggest you do. Yeah, I love what you said about teaching people how to think about their challenges. Can you unpack that a little bit and get in a little more of some of the stuff that you would have, uh, have discussed with some of your people? Sure. Framing, I think, is really important. So someone comes to you with a situation or a challenge with another representative on their team or you know one of their assistant managers or staff and allowing them to see the full picture and giving them permission and space to explore. Okay, here's here's the full picture. Also, we're all victims of our own circumstances and you know our, our world can feel like everything. So kind of creating the perspective of, hey, here's what this means in the bigger picture. So allowing them to think a little bit, teaching them to think a little bit longer term or... Mm-hmm. I think that has been something that I'm continuing to evolve and work on and I, I've seen I've seen how it can have that trickle down effect. And then um, I think at that time, one on one relationships were a key strength of mine. And because, like I said, I felt felt strong about my vision and, and getting one on one time with people to share that vision, galvanize from a individual level, not from the group level, but more so tie people into what we were building as a team. Led to district team success, and not only my office but other offices, which helped me to, uh, you know, earn a promotion pretty quickly. I know that as a division manager, a big part of helping people is helping them work through the sort of natural ups and downs that happen in any sales position. And, you know, what we do is never going to be a straight line to success for virtually anyone, right? It's going to have its uh, ups and downs for sure. You've probably had that. And I, I know your people have that. 
And it seems like you're able to model the right mental attitude. You're able to model the right emotional state. How do you feel like you've learned to keep your attitude steady you know, when you're working in this environment here that's hyper-competitive and that uh, can, can sometimes be stressful? Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the sayings in, I think it's probably any business, but especially in ours is the best part about our business is the competition. The worst part about our business is the competition. You, maybe you've said that before. I know I've heard that before. And I say that to my people all the time. I think the thing that, that's been a great strength for me, if you will, and that I've tried to model in myself is just having a strong internal belief system in the fact that over time, consistent work ethic always works itself out. And trusting in the process that if I just get to the end of today and do the same thing tomorrow and do that enough times in a row, results are going to follow. I've never... I tell my people this all the time. It's one of our anchors. Work ethic always wins. I've never had a time in my career, really in anything in the business, outside the business, where consistent just effort didn't lead to, at some point, the result I wanted. And oftentimes, I got lucky along that way. So that's given me kind of a compass to wait to handle the ebbs and the flows. Uh, selective hearing has, has been big. Like A lot of people, they sometimes can... They can put so much weight on on standings and results and contests, and I sometimes zone that stuff out because I'm I have my own goals. So I think that's helped me stick, keep an even keel, coupled with just that's yeah, part of maybe who I am. But I I think that's been been a strength that's allowed me to. And then one thing I would just add is just over time, just growing and developing is just awareness of my emotions and being able to see them happen before and then respond to them before I let them play themselves out. Do you feel like you had that when you were playing soccer? You know, did you were you able to handle the losses without getting, you know, overly emotional? It was funny you bring that up. My mom said that when I was six, my sister, my younger sister, she was four, she'd be throwing a tantrum. And my mom would come over to me and say, Jake, can you calm her down? <laughs> I was kind of that that I don't know. So that there's some some of it that was inherent, intrinsic, like always just kind of kind of brushes off my shoulders type of feeling. But in our business, you know, we can be very much or in any business, very much, you know, we put hours and like long days, long weeks, especially, you know, during our busy seasons, we're committed, we're all in. I try to instill in my people even and just remind myself of just perspective. Like we have a bad day. We don't hit our goals in sales or something like that. In other businesses, a doctor example, you know, someone's life could be on the line if they have a bad day. So perspective, um, I try to remind myself of that consistently, not taking myself too seriously humble. Like I'm committed to my goals, but like at the same time, if I don't hit them, what really is affected besides me? And is it's having a, in a lot of cases for me, it's also having, um, you know, that hearing and learning to not tie your worth into your results. So that would be probably the easiest way I could sum that up. And it's, it's tough. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I do believe that some of what you shared is sort of hardwired into some people. I think I have some of the same sort of inherent personality traits that enable what you just said. But I also feel like anybody, the more they hear the importance of this idea and the more they train themselves in those moments when something negative is happening, 
to look at what is the gift, for example, if that's the question everybody asked whenever something bad happened, what could be the gift here? What could be the silver lining here? They're quickly redirecting their mind off of what's negative and onto something more constructive. And the more that we train ourselves to do that, the easier it gets. Yeah. So and it, it just seems like that's something that you teach people on a regular basis. Yeah. One of the things that I, I don't know where I heard this or read this, but I try to say to my people all the time, are you talking to yourself or are you listening to yourself? It's really easy for all of us to just listen to ourselves, right? You know, the voice comes in, I'm no good. I can't do this. I'm off track, all that stuff. But to catch yourself and, and flip that into no, talking to yourself, right? And choosing the thoughts and choosing what you're going to tell yourself versus just listening to that inner critic. Oh, that, that was brilliant. I mean, the, the self-talk is such a key part of managing one's attitude. And just to, it's so important to be doing that. The thing I like to say to my team is we, we got to be people that think in terms of possibility versus probability. You know, the theme of the podcast is changing lives. And as you look ahead, how do you aspire to change people's lives through what you do? Hmm. You know, I think a big theme of the podcast is growth and, and um, changing lives, obviously. I, I think the only way that I'm able to do that is if I continue to focus on growing myself so I have more to give. And hopefully that results in me continuing to provide a platform for people to grow. And, uh, you know, if I do that, I teach them to think in terms of a possibility, then hopefully that trickles down into people they interact with and their families, their communities, and has an impact on everyone they come to, come to meet. You know, I, I like to say one of my objectives long-term is, is to kind of have an impact on my family tree. And uh, whether that's my current family tree or, you know, the Cutco Vector family tree. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 